You're listening to teaching from the Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. When I was a kid, I would go over to my grandma and grandpa Morgan's house. And they, they had two German shepherds that I would play with. But every time I would go over to their house, they would always be watching TV. And there was a couple of things that I knew would always be on TV. One, my grandpa loved westerns. He loved Gunsmoke and Bonanza. And so as I'm playing with my Legos, as I'm playing board games with my grandma, I, I knew westerns would be on. But the second show that was always on was wrestling. You got to say it right, wrestling. And I remember seeing people such as the Junkyard Dog and the Von Eriks and the Million Dollar Man and, and the Four Horsemen. But there was one person that I was particularly fascinated with, and that was Andre the Giant. He was seven foot four inches, 520 pounds. And he would just take guys and just toss them around the ring. And as a kid, I just thought that was so funny. I mean, I was just like, man, they would put two guys in the ring with him and he would just, I mean, totally destroy them. And it's said that even though wrestling is predetermined, and I hope I'm not spoiling that for anyone, even though it's predetermined, Andre did what Andre wanted to do. It was WrestleMania three. And Andre the Giant goes against Hulk Hogan. Andre the Giant is undefeated. And Hulk Hogan is the champion, and he's got all these fans that are going crazy, and they kind of painted Andre the Giant as this, this villain. And in this match, I'll, I'll never forget, and I, I've seen replay after replay of it, Hulk Hogan picks up the Giant and body slams him. First time Andre the Giant had ever been body slammed, at least we had seen on TV. And then Hulk Hogan comes down and puts his patent leg drop and he turns him over and he pins him and the Giant goes down. The Giant is defeated. We have Giants in our life, don't we? And one of the Giants that we're going to be talking about through this series is the, the Giant of Fear. The giant of fear. We are constantly reminded of our fear. All we have to do is turn on the radio, turn on television with the news. My phone is constantly alerting me about bad things that are happening. There's a traffic accident on 410 or 35 or 281 or 1604. There's a fire at a house or at some kind of complex there's some kind of terrorist act going on somewhere around the world. There's some kind of war. There's some kind of shooting. There's some kind of crime that's going on. And then I also hear stories that, you know, the things that I eat and drink, it's killing me. I mean, you, you know, you've, you've heard those stories like, well, just grape juice, the juice that we take for communion, you know, it's going to kill you. And then and then two years later, it's like, oh, everyone should drink Welch's grape juice. Like, we are alerted with all of these things that bring fear into our life. And I mean, it just makes us want to kind of hibernate. 
But fear it wasn't just an, isn't just an issue for us today. It's also an issue back in biblical times. We will see this phrase used over and over in the Bible. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It appears over 340 times. Some people say closer to over 365 times. But don't be afraid in one form or another. And what I think God's trying to get our attention is, hey, guess what? I don't want you to be afraid. Even though the world throws some crazy things at us, we don't have to be afraid. In the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about fear like Monica said. And we're calling this series Living with Courage and Hope in Uncertain Times. And today we're talking about fear of the world, but in the coming weeks, next week, we're going to talk about the fear of change. And then the following week, we're going to talk about the fear for our family. And then we're going to talk about fear of failure. And then we're going to talk about fear of dying. And we want to encourage you to invite your friends, especially those who might struggle with one of these. You know, in this process of fear, we're going to talk about anxiety and, and panic that, that we have. And, and there's some fear that's, that's good, right? I mean, some fear that says, hey, danger's here and, and I need to be careful. Danger's here. I better run away. My danger's, danger's around. I, I better call someone to get help. But there's some fear that paralyzes us. There's some fear that robs us of our joy. It robs us of our peace. It actually wakes us up at night because we're so busy worrying about it. We're anxious about it. We're going to look at a couple of stories in the Bible. One of them is in Numbers. And and I'm just going to encourage you to go ahead and get your Bibles ready. Numbers chapter 13. God's led his people out of slavery. And they're in the wilderness, and he's provided miracle after miracle for them. He's provided uh, water and food for them. And, and he tells Moses, he says, Moses, I want you to find 12 men to go scout out Canaan, the, the promised land. And God has promised that they're going to get this land. And he's like, hey, I want you to send these 12 men out to go look at, at it. Find out, are these people weak or strong? Are the cities well protected? Is there good food? And on top of that, I want you to go ahead and bring me back some tacos and some Texas barbecue and some hamburgers and some fruit. And I want you to just kind of look at it. And, and so he sends them out. And let's kind of see what takes place in this story as we look at the text. It says, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses and Aaron. And the whole community of Israel of Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that had taken from the land. This, this is what was, was the report to Moses. We entered, entered into the land you sent to us to explore. It's indeed a bountiful country. A land flowing with milk and honey. And here's the kind of fruit that it produces. It, it's good fruit. Then there's a but. And here's the key. But the people living there are powerful. Their towns are large and fortified. And we even saw what? We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. They see giants. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We certainly can conquer it. There's another but. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. 
We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored, they will devour everyone. And who, who goes to live there? And all the people we saw there were huge. We even saw what? Giants there. They're descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like what? Giants. And we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what we thought too. So these spies go. And they're like, man, this is an incredible place. I mean, this is like Disney World on steroids. I mean, it, it, it's beautiful. It's got all kinds of good food. And, and despite that God has provided for us to this point in time, there, there's just no way we can do it. There's just no way we can do it. Because you know what? There's giants there and there's fortified cities and, and they're stronger than we are. And, and we just can't do it. And, and it got to a point that they were complaining so much. They said, man... Moses and Aaron, we, we wish that we would have died back when we were in slavery. Well, we wish we could just die right now because when we go against them, we are going to die. We're going to get destroyed. Have you ever noticed what fear does to us? I, I just want to kind of give you a couple, a few different things to think about. Fear is contagious. Fear is contagious. You start kind of thinking about some things that make you anxious. And next thing you know, you tell someone else, and we're like, oh, I never thought about that. I need to start worrying about that. And have you thought about this? And, and, and then you tell someone else. And, and fear's like a cold. Fear's like a flu. I mean, it just passes. And, and next thing you know, you've got a big group of people that, man, they're all anxious and they're all fearful. And, and they, all they can do is just see the giant. They can't see beyond the giant. Also, fear has a creative imagination. I mean, most of our fear never happens. Most just makes our imagination kind of go on. But man, we, we start thinking about things and man, fear just makes our imagination kind of go on and on. Fear takes something that could happen and then adds to it. You know, let me give you this example. Y your house could get broken into. And so you take some reasonable precautions. You, you get a strong door. You get some strong locks. Maybe you even get an alarm system. Maybe you even get a dog. Maybe you even put some burglar bars around. But that's not enough. Fear says, well, you know, I got some skylights and, and someone might climb up on the roof and they might just come down into my house that way. You know, I got a chimney and, you know, that that guy at Christmas, he comes down during that time. I wonder if someone like that could do that. You know, there's a car parked in front of my house. I bet they're scoping out my house. I bet they want to break in. You know, that person walking by the sidewalk was looking at my house. I, I bet that guy, he's going to try to break into my house. Or you hear that noise in the middle of the night? Like, oh, I think someone's about to break into my house. And then you wake up and you grab your King James Version, your big old sword, and you're, you're carrying that thing around and you're tiptoeing. And you're looking and you don't hear anything. And you look out the windows and no one's out there. And then you go back to bed. And then you hear that noise again. It was a refrigerator, but in your mind it was someone... <laughs> try to go back to sleep and the toilet runs and you think man that's got to be someone in my house I heard two noises and then you hear another noise 
And, and all of a sudden, man, your mind just is running crazy, and it just keeps you up, and it just imagines things. I mean, this week, I, I had my imagination run wild on me. I was driving down Banner River Road, and I was stopping at a stoplight. No one was behind me. And then I look in my rearview mirror, and there's a policeman there. And I said, well, you know what? That, that giant of fear says, you're about to get pulled over. And I said, well, why? I was just sitting here at the stoplight. Well, you know, he's probably running your plates. <laughs> I said, but I haven't done anything wrong. Yeah, but you're a preacher. And, you know, some people don't like preachers. <laughs> you know, he, he probably didn't like the color of your car. You know what? The lights, your, your, your taillights probably didn't working. And, and, and I'm like... I'm preaching about fear. I know fear has an imagination. No, stop doing this. But all of those things are going through my mind. The light turns green, and I'm driving, and I'm like, man, am I going to see lights in back of me? And sure enough, that policeman, he turns right into the gas station and goes on his merry way. And I say, hey, there's a sermon illustration for me this week, because that's, that's, what, that's what fear does, right? It, it, it has that type of imagination. I mean, and we, we take something that could happen, and then we add to it. That's what the giant of fear does. Let, let's continue into our story and see what happens here. Numbers chapter 14. Two of the men who had explored the land, of uh, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Japheneth, tore their clothing. I mean, they're, they're, uh, this is, uh, they're upset about this. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is, at a, is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is rich. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord. Don't what? Don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. And I, I know you think they're giants and you think we're grasshoppers, but no, they're just helpless prey. They have no protection. But the Lord is what? Is with us. The, the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. I, I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, hey, don't be afraid. The Lord is with us. Don't be afraid. The Lord is with us. But catch this. The whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. That's what fear does. It makes us do unreasonable things. I mean, you're like, come on. I mean, they're just trying to say, hey, we believe in the Lord. The Lord can do this. And they're ready to stone, stone them. We're going to see that. Let's continue on reading. Uh, fear led God's people to wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And many people ended up dying before they could see the promised land. Actually, all of those who complained. Have you ever thought about what fear has robbed you from? How it's robbed you from the blessing of God? We're going to go on a mission trip, Lord be willing, in 2020, March 2020, to Mexico City. And I know some of you, you hear Mexico, and you're like, I can't go there. And there's drug dealers, and there's violence, and there's crime. There, there, there's no way I could go on a mission trip because it's, it's Mexico. And that could be the thing that God wants you to do, is he wants you to get out of your comfort zone and do something amazing. But fear can paralyze us. And sometimes you see an injustice going on, and, and you're like, well, I don't want to get involved with that. I mean, that's messy, and what if they say or do something? And God's saying, hey, I want you to step in the middle of this and, and take care of this injustice. Sometimes God challenges you to 
to give to help a mission or help the church or something along those lines. You're like, I can't do that. You know, what if I lose my job? Or, or what if the stock market goes down? Or I got retirement to save for. I, I, I can't do that. I, I can't invite someone to church. What if they think I'm one of those Jesus people? What if they say no? I, I can't start a Bible study. I don't know that much about the Bible. What if they ask me a question I don't know? I say, hey, that's okay. You just call me and, and I'll tell you an answer. But that's what fear does. Fear sometimes robs us from a blessing that God wants to give us. And, and that's what happened here. I mean, God's people, they, they could have seen the promised land. God was going to be with them. And they complained and they were overcome by the fear or the giant of fear. Here's a secret, though. God's people eventually got to go to the promised land. And guess what? They still had giants to deal with. They still had obstacles and they still had trials. They, they still faced giants. If we look in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we're going to see that there were three armies. The Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Minyanites. They, they teamed together and they declared war on God's people led by uh, King Jehoshaphat. And, and they start marching toward God's people. And, and I want you to notice what Jehoshaphat does. He says, first of all, he was terrified. He was afraid by the news, and he begged the Lord for guidance. And he also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting, to focus on him, to go without eating, without drinking, to say, hey, you know what? I want you to focus on God. And so, from, so people from all the towns of Judah, Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. He, Jehoshaphat, he did what? He prayed. He he had a giant. He had these three armies coming to him, and he does this amazing thing that's really powerful. He prayed. He said, oh, Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all of the kingdoms of this earth, of the earth. Yes, I mean, we got these armies coming, but you are ultimately the ruler. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, this is how the people responded, to God. Whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we come to stand in your presence before the temple where your name is honored. We cry out to you to save us, and you will what? Hear us and rescue us. We have a God that hears us, that rescues us. When we face giants, and we pray, God hears us and rescues us. This is how God responds. He, he said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not what? Be afraid. Don't be discouraged by the mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but whose? But God's. Whew, isn't that good? <laughs> we see this giant. We see this big old giant over here. We see this army. We see this obstacle. We see all those things. We think, man, I've got to go against it. And sometimes God says, you know what? That battle's mine. I, I, I've got that. Continue reading in the text. It says, but you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. Get some popcorn because God's about to do something amazing. He's with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. There's our line again. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Go against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. You think he's trying to get something across? The Lord is with you. 
Again, I'm going to tell you again, say to your neighbor, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. God is with you. Eventually, your neighbor is going to believe that, right? Let's continue reading. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. And after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. So these three armies, they're coming toward Israel. And you got Israel's army back here. And then you got singers and praisers. You got singers and praisers. And I mean, they're, they're singing and they're pouring out their, God, their heart to God because God's going to save them and they believe that. And, and I mean, they're just doing, I mean, they're just doing everything they can to, to worship God. And they're singing over and over and over again. This beautiful act of worship. And, and you know what happens? It's kind of crazy. We want to see up in, in the text. And, and I, let me just kind of summarize it for you. Is... The armies see these singers and praisers, and they're like, we can't shoot singers and praisers. You, you shoot them. No, I, I can't shoot them. You shoot them. I, no, I can't shoot them. They're, they're talking about God and singing and praising. And no, I, I can't do that. And next thing you know, this incredible thing takes place. They start shooting each other. And then by the time God's people get there, there's not one person, not one soldier, all of it, all of them have been destroyed. Not one single enemy has escaped. Only God could do something like that, right? Only God could do something like that. He says, hey, the battle is mine. I will take care of it. Yes, I know that you're fearful, but guess what? It's mine. I'll take care of it. I, I, I want us to think just for a moment. Think about... The fear that we have in our life. How will you respond to the giant of fear? Will, will you get scared? Will you, will, you get, uh, will you feed it? And will you just imagine all of the bad things that will happen? Or will you pray and worship and turn it over to God? 